I know, but you can't get rid of fan sounds. That's true. I'm or, not, or silences, so. Yeah, I'm not Better really, make it a good one. Yeah, that's true. I'm not really that worried about it, though. Anyway. All right. Here we are on our last night in jolly old London. The Queen is dead. We were sent on a secret spy mission by Joe Vibe. <laughs> she dropped dead before we even had to complete the mission, yeah. so it was fine. You know, it's a it's a strange time here in jolly old. Turns out it's not, though. No one really gives a shit. No one cares. Turns out no one cares. We've already Insane seen graffiti that says fuck the queen written over her dead face. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did enjoy seeing Matrix Queen. What one was the, that? One of the tube um, <clears throat> ads with her face on it was broken and it was just all the green. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And I was like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, this isn't great. Um, but yeah, no one's, no one's in mourning. No, not at all. They're like, eh, old old bitch died, whatever. Yeah, no one cares. It's been a shocking non-presence on the trip. Yeah. Other than the uh, posters and, you know, billboard ads everywhere Posters about it. and National Gallery closed on a day when we could have just popped in. You know, uh, they're like, oh, no, we're in morning. I'm like, oh, come on. But no. But I got to pee and you're open. Come on. You know, 1997 can't stop. We still need to listen to Mambo number five. Mambo number five in the pop version of Speaker Box Love Below. Like, they're just like yeah. 2008 all day, every day. Yeah, welcome to the UK where Andre 3000 never went out of fashion. Truly. Nor he, did the Spice Girls. I haven't heard any Spice Girls, much to my, you know, sadness. That's true. Musically, I bet they're ashamed of it. I was referring more to uh, stylistically. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they don't like to cop to the, the fact uh, that, you know. The British whores on the street. The tots. They all look a bit trash. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, fake tanning going on. Well, what are you going to do? There's no such thing as real tanning out here, so... Yeah, but there's people with, like, weird tan lines. They have, like, farmer tans all over the place. They all look like that meme of Trump getting spray tanned. A little bit, You know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about? I think there's a lot of spray tan happening. It's a lot of spray. Mm -hmm. I've only seen one, though, so I'm like, huh. Maybe in the gyms they offer it, like the Planet Fitness... Oh, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of hidden treasures that we don't have access to right. out here in the UK. It seems like everything normal is is just not present. You know, you even go into a grocery store and you're like, "What is this?" I feel like I'm shopping for car parts in here. It it's overlit. Everything's individually yeah. packaged. I'm like, "Why do you people live this way?" Um, which it, I don't understand. You know, in fairness to the in fairness to the Brits, we've only been to central London. We haven't right. really ventured out too much, so we uh, are probably not the best guys to be talking. No, I'm talking shit. Yeah, we've been we've been to the Times Square of London several times accidentally. Yeah, we keep on walking through it. I got um, I got ripped off exchanging my currency day one. That's a bummer. Piccadilly Circus is not the place to do that. You don't have to. No, you don't have. Welcome to, to globalism, baby. Yeah, you well, don't need to do that shit. You just tap your bank card from Chase. Yeah, no. Get I'm, on the get on the tube. I'm glad we're here, right at the end of globalization. We get the last <laughs> gasp of it before it's finally gone. Before it's, you know, fully dismantled. Um, I went and picked up my phone because I've been keeping I've been keeping a running list here. By the oh. way, we should mention. I think I already said this is our last night in London, but uh-huh. you know, as usual, we are uh, over promising and under delivering because we're a little tired today. It's a little sleepy, tight tie. The boys have been partying the fuck up every night getting listen, turned up listen these pubs you start with 
four beers to start your night before you even have any food and you've already burned off three billion calories of walking around 17 miles, yeah, you're going to get a little Trentina. Yeah, in a land that doesn't believe in water. It oh, seems like no. water is the rarest commodity. You can't drink the fucking tap water The here. water's bad. Yeah. The uh, Tate Britain water that took forever to come out of the little spigot tasted like feet, like dusty feet. Yeah, I know. I, I got some uh, tap water at one point that was a little bit yellow. And I was like, is what? this just normal? I guess. I guess. Pipes are old. You know, at first I thought it was my sunglasses. And then I was like, oh, no, it's actually just a little Where yellow. Where did you get this tap water? Uh, it was at one of the museums. I can't, it wasn't oh. even tap water. It was like their fountain. It was the museum where they were like, don't drink the water. It's not potable. And I was like, okay, I'll go to the fountain. And then it was a little yellow. Didn't like that. Oof. Yeah. What is this? Fucking Alabama? Mm-hmm. Jackson? Is it Mississippi? Oh, oh, oh. You're talking about Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, I, I'm so European now, I forgot that the states even exist. Okay. Nothing's even happening over there. Especially not our dismal infrastructure. Yeah, it seems fine, right? I o- mean, only two major cities that don't have drinking water. Yeah, I mean, is Flint a major city? No, no. nor is Jackson. So you know, it had a nice Johnny Cash song written for it. Jackson, Mississippi, did yeah. what was it about? Like going to Jackson? Oh, hmm. yeah, never heard that. It's about one. like leaving your wife and running away to Jackson, Mississippi. Hmm, that doesn't seem like the best destination. But anyway, uh-uh. no, not great. We digress. Anywho. What's on your mind? Thoughts on London? You're the one that's never been out of the country before. I mean... This here, is your first new country. You've never even been to Canada, right? You've never been I've to been any to Canada. of the Commonwealth I've nations. Been to Canada. Canada is just Ohio North. That's true. Yeah. It's not Canada is just an annex of the Midwest. Truly. Yeah. Like Chicago is the same thing. I mean, this feel... Uh, we, we've stated so far that this is the New Jersey of Europe. Everything seems a little... Uh, we'll run down little not working right but like it's a city a city is a city is a city like i'm not the only thing that i'm you know a little jealous of i'm like you know what the idea of a pub and you just go and hang out and have the world's lightest beers for like two hours is great it is great but it's great for two days and then you're like you know what i've had enough i've had enough that's my opinion on the pub situation it does seem really nice you're like oh i'm on vacation this is great you spend a day doing stuff yeah you drink four or five light beers (laughs) And then you go to dinner and then you do it again. And then you try to buy wine from a place and they say, no way, pubs and clubs only. Next thing you know, you don't have your socks on. <laughs> You're drinking a double gin and tonic at one o'clock in the morning. At a club. Mambo number five. In a club. Uh-huh. There's yeah. Britishmen asking you if you can take a poo upstairs, which is code for cocaine, I, can, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. You know. I mean, I mean, you got security guards telling you that they had to kick people out around what six thirty p.m. Barely for sneaking off to do five. cocaine. Yeah, yeah. On a Saturday. Yeah, this whole city is desolate until the hour of four thirty, at which Lip. point people are shit wasted until two o'clock in the morning. Well, no, they were all going home today. They have to go to work tomorrow. That's true, but it seems like everyone just disappears. I don't know where they go. I mean, the apartments here are so small. I can't imagine spending any amount of time in them. I wonder if they, I mean, again, being in the city center, maybe it lights up because no one actually lives here. Yeah, maybe. Like they all go, you know, fuck off home. That's true. They all probably live, you know, out, out east yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Because if it's $800 a week for rent, mm-hmm. you know, I I wouldn't be here either. I'd be pissed that I was paying that much money. 
Oh, yeah. It's crazy that they charge by the week, too. I don't get That's it. That's really wild. It seemed like the, the average rent is probably something like $2,500 a month for like a one bedroom, which I mean, you know what? These days, that's New Sounds York normal. prices, yeah. too. But I mean, I just really Boy. want us to get off the turn New York into London. I'm yeah. like, get your Oyster card and you met your Omni. It's like, no. How about no? Because what are we going to do? Like, leave stations and tap out now? Suck a dick. We're not doing that. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a turnstile jumper if we're doing that. I've been meaning to look this up all weekend, but I, I'm gonna look it up when we finally leave here. Maybe it's a project for the train to Belgium tomorrow. But why do you have to do that? I do you have any in, like inkling as to why you would need to swipe out of a subway station? Why can't you just leave? I think they want to track it. You think it's just tracking? I wonder if it is. I mean, it's also like use. Like, which stations get more use? I guess, but it just seems inefficient. It's it's just really like uh, kind of a bummer to have way. to remember yeah. to do that when you're just trying to get where you're going. Right. That being said, though, their trains do run on time. I like that quite a bit. You don't have to wait longer than one minute in general for a very fast train with a very comfy seat on it. I don't like this. I don't like fabric on a seat. It's kind of gross. I like the fabric seats. I, I don't think it's that gross because I think British people are pretty well behaved. You don't, I mean, you don't think they're soaked with piss? Mm, it depends what hour you're riding. I mean, I'd be a little scared at, at this hour. What what time is it? We're we're all on military time now, so I have no idea. Eleven thirty. Yeah, at this hour of night, I wouldn't want to be on the tube. It wasn't bad. It wasn't unruly. Mm, yeah, but that was a little while ago. I People guess. coming home from dinner or whatever. I'm saying like post one a.m. Post post club. Post club. Oh yeah, I'm we've already seen a guy spill a drink on his friend. We saw a girl throw up in her hand. Almost on my feet. I mean, I don't see this kind of debauchery in New York. I mean, maybe we're just not in the areas where that's happening. I mean, but I had a girl... It does seem like they get shit fucked up here. Like, I mean... Next I, level. I think part of it is also that their diets are wild. That's true. We have a lot to say about food as well. But, <sighs> man, I've been... My number twos have been fucking gnarly, let me tell you. <laughs> at, at first, I had travel yeah. constipation, oh, but no. then after some fish and chips and some steak and ale, pie, and you know, after three hundred beverages, oh boy, the Imperial War Museum got a hurt and put <laughs> <out> today. <laughs> I destroyed <laughs> the National Gallery to the point where I was like, oh. Why is it just not going down? Well, and genuinely, I don't just think it's us. Like, th- every time I've been in a public bathroom with stalls, every single Rough. stall yeah. is occupied and cacophonous. <laughs> the, these older British men are, are incontinent. Yeah. You know? I mean, I was just happy that I had travel bidet on me, so I used my water bottle, filled it up, wow. and got, got a spray down in. Damn. You're not worried that you're going to toss that in the bag and then accidentally take a chug out of it at some point? It just looks like a water bottle. It collapses down and has a spray nozzle. Okay. I'm just saying, I like a squeeze bottle of water. I might get confused. <laughs> That's okay. Never mind. <laughs> I, I don't, you I, know, the lack of bidet, we mentioned this to each other when we first got here. I'm actually really surprised about that. I didn't realize that the UK was a, it was a heathen place. It's a heathen place. I can't wait to get to the continent. It's all white people, and all white people walk around with dirty assholes. That's true. Dirty hold white, white people. I mean, shit. Mm-hmm. At least the French are like, oh, we don't do that. I'm so sorry. I mean, we're going to see. I don't know. If they don't, I'm going to be so mad. I think they do. I thought they did. I thought everybody around here did. Maybe it's just the Germans and the Italians for all I know. That's my only experience. All the fascist companies have 
companies. Company. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. I Countries. think I think London the city is just a brand. Like it's it gives you know we talked about Truman Show vibes. It does have hardcore. Truman Show vibes, yeah. Because they do have the thing of like we're old, but we burned it down once, and then we got bombed to shit in 1945, and then oops, all right. Barclays owns half of it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or Sainz. Every fucking square footage is owned by a Sainsbury or a Tesco. And you know what? We can't go in. Or a Pret. There's enough Prets to fill. I mean, it's like. Pret it's is like, like banks. Subway in New York. It's like banks in New York. Yeah, true. Where here, finding an ATM is actually difficult. That's mm, not that hard, but I mm. see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, when you have to ask a nice ramen lady, like, hi, where is the cash place? And she's like, oh, you have to go to the black building, take a left, and then kind of find it. I will say that the people here in general are polite and friendly, though. Like the subway lady that was like, hey, Yanks, you're getting fucking ripped getting off. Scammed. Stop using the ticket machine. Just swipe your card like a normal person. Right. And we were like, oh, shit. We've been paying like $12 per trip and wondering how anybody affords to live here. Uh-huh. But why would their ticket prices be different on the machine? There's just so many little details of Doesn't this place. Make sense. I mean, this is what traveling's all about, but there's so many little details that I don't understand. Everything says way out instead of exit. Too many words. Everything's too wordy. Essential workers working on essential upgrades to the infrastructure. Just say men at work. Yeah, that's it. Or like people working. I know you want to be like polite, but again, exit. It's four letters. It's one word. Way out way out i do like the voice on the tube i don't like that i like the female british voice i have my siri set to british so maybe i'm um oh, trained yeah you might be a little trained yeah anyway should we get into what the hell we've been doing here we d- we've done a ton we've done a lot yeah i'm i am realizing like you know we've talked about this before i don't like travel i think i it is true i do not like travel you're a vacation person i could tell you were getting a little perturbed today just by having to walk walk around I was like, I need a rest day. Yeah, it's true. I think it, that's normal though. Every three days, every third little, day, that's that makes a, a ton rest of day. sense, you know. Yeah. And then we'll be in a new place tomorrow, and it'll be all exciting again, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah today I was like, ugh. dealing with the throngs of people who can't walk and above 0.7 miles an hour. Anyway, I know y- you know the the very portly British gentleman that was like, "We're just having a meander." And got out of our shuffling. way. Yeah. <laughs> shuffling. At least they were aware of it. Yeah. You know? But that was like kind of cute. Like these old portly oh, married so people. Cute. You're like, oh. Yeah. But a, a lot of this is just, um, you know, drunk 21-year-olds. The scallies are just out and just... The scallywags. Fuck. They're walking three abreast. Three ab- abreast in their tiny pants, no leg day, and then Oof. just, you know, giant traps. And mm-hmm. I'm like... Hey guys, there's other there's other machines. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like your teeny tiny pants look stupid on you, and like I keep seeing dudes like adjust themselves publicly. Yes, because I've been they're that so too. tight. Yep. And I'm like, hey, we all agreed we're not doing it that tight anymore. Okay. No, they haven't gotten the memo yet, man. Again, you know, nine eleven never happened here. That's is what true. I'm learning. Mm. To, in fact, today is September 11th, and I haven't seen one uh, solemn moment of silence in this country. And well. Where were we? Oh, we were on the plane, and they were like, we're going to have two minutes of silence for the death of Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? I don't and think then anybody, it wasn't two minutes. <laughs> nobody honored that. Yeah. No. No thanks. Anyway, yeah, let's let's run down this list, because I could bitch all day long. Oh, boy, yeah. Well, uh... Well, I mean, day one, we did British Museum. That was the first thing. 
No, it wasn't. What was the first thing? We didn't do any museums on day one. Oh, the day we arrived. What did we do? I can't even remember now. Um, good question. I oh, right. Know. Everything was closed because of the queen. Yeah. So we, we did a little walk around. That was, that was, our whole day was like we just knocked the touristy things off the list. We went and saw Large Benjamin. Mm-hmm. We went and saw Westminster Abbey. Turns out we walked by Large Benjamin seven hundred times yeah you can't avoid large benjamin and then and turns out there's a bunch of medium and small benjamins everywhere anyway so they're just you, called clocks my dude if you don't see large benjamin you're gonna run into a benjamin. medium benjamins yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's right we just we just walked around we got the lay of the land right we saw all the touristy things from the outside which did we is have fine. dinner uh we did we had pub food oh that's right yeah that which was, was the least impressive meal of the whole Oof. trip so far i mean fish and chips are good or whatever but like it's not significantly different than in the states the steak and ale pie was pretty good i didn't realize that there was like actually ale in the pie i thought that it was just a thing that paired with a beer no it's simmered in like an ale yeah and it, it, it tastes like it yeah it wasn't bad but you know hey it's bar food it's bar food what are you gonna do mm, it's fine and then then we did union club high cat Hello. Hi. Thank you. Thank you Did for that. Did we do that night one? Yeah. Oh wow. My sense closed of on time Saturday. is all yeah. fucked up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We met with our we went with our friend Kat, who by the way, if your name is Kate and you were just being polite and British and didn't want to <laughs> say anything about it. Irish, not British. That's true. She'll kill I'm, you. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um please don't ignite a car bomb near me. Um, I'm gonna have to edit that out. Um <laughs> But yeah, anyway, if your name is actually Kate and not Cat, I feel bad if it's just a spelling thing and I was calling you that, but I don't know. We'll find out. But yeah, it was nice to hang out with her. It yeah. was nice to have a, a, a local Brit friend of the show. Yeah. You know? Explaining the insanity. Yeah. I went toe-to-toe with a 19-year-old teenager naming states and lost. Yeah, that was odd. I don't know why that That happened. was embarrassing, you know? Yeah. But, um... No, it was mostly pub... It was pub day. Pub day and then making our first, you know, our, our second friend, the old man proprietor of, is it a oh is it a good bar or not? I don't know. Two for fifteen cocktail bar. Yeah. So so night so night one it winds down with cat. We we you know we're chatting. We went to a second location, but she's got to go home. She doesn't live in this neighborhood. And uh, we wander into the two for one cocktail zone. I don't even know what the fuck type of place that is. Is it like a? It's sort of like a Mexican restaurant or something. No, Caribbean? it's just kitschy there's no food it's just kitschy everyone's wearing hawaiian shirts it's very strange odd yeah but anyway we had the bright idea you can't get any wine or liquor around here what if we just ask them to take a bottle home and at first our waitress demures she's like i'm not really sure and the proprietor of the restaurant comes up behind her and goes what the fuck are you talking about it's fine whatever they want give them the bottle bottle two cups come on charge them for it right now and we thought, this is great. So we come home, we drink our bottle of wine, and the next night, I had to do it again. Late. Yeah, I had Out to be like, hey. real late. We tried to have an early one. Where? When? We did, we did. We came back here, and I thought things were just going to be... Oh, right, yeah, because like, we had one three-quarter bottle. Yeah, we had three-quarters of a bottle of wine left. The one, you know, Well, we also ordered l- delivery wine, which came at 2 o'clock in the morning. It was yeah, disgusting. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Um, but so we had a little bit of that left. So we're drinking that, and I thought, well, you know, we got to get up early. We're probably just going to have this wine and go to sleep. But no, someone gets the bright idea to let's go, uh, let's go see our friend. Go on a little journey to see our friend. And I go, hey, but hey, bud, can we do that thing that we did yesterday? And he's like, oh, absolutely. 
Because he just wants the money. He doesn't give a shit. That bottle of wine is $6. No, he's the he's the best. He's wearing a, a purple soccer shirt. Like neon gla- like wild glasses. Mm-hmm. Doesn't give a fuck. And when you went up and asked him if we could do it again, he just lit up. He yeah. remembered you and he was like, oh yes, I've got you. Two plastic cups, get him out of here. He didn't even charge you the same amount, right? Charged you less. He charged me five bucks less. That's great. He's like, how much did I charge you yesterday? I'm only charging you 20. I'm like, whatever. Don't care. Thanks, bud. Yeah, we had a hell of a night. Because meanwhile, I mentioned it earlier, but I didn't put my socks on because I thought we were just going out to get that wine real quick. And no. Well, we we went, did that, came back, finished that bottle of wine and went, are we done? I'm not done. Put 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 on pants and let's go out. That's right. Yeah. So we went to soup. What the fuck? Patakas. The name of it is Patakas. It was uh, run by an Indian fellow. It seemed. I don't know. And it really uh, lit up for Mambo Number no. Five, and then the like Punjabi music. There was also a lot of ABBA. There was some Springsteen in there, which was strange. Don't remember that. You know. I got a little brown out towards the end because yeah, the yeah, uh, yeah. G and T's were served in fish bowls. Yeah, but anyway. So that's our nightlife. Yeah. We made a couple of friends, and it's that's been nice. Yeah, you know, but we can't hack that tonight. No, I'm over it. We're just we're having our nice bottle of wine. Um, but so, yeah, day one was very like let's eat, get the flavor, do the things, get your mushy piece, get it out of the way. That's right. That's get right. everything out of the way. That's like uh, we got to do it. Getting swindled by a currency exchange is also part of it. That's also part of it because we learned after I just withdrew cash from an ATM and it was thirty five dollars instead of. 30 i was like oh whatever yeah cool not a big deal but so the museum rundowns i think we should do museums and food because those have been those have been our two major things so listen british museum greatest shit on earth yeah the british museum was fucking incredible we kind of went there i I wouldn't say as a lark i wouldn't say reluctantly but it was just we woke up a little late and it happens to be not that far from here yeah so it was easy to do and we thought, we'll just speed run this because the people I had talked to had mostly said, ah, it's just a bunch of old shit. You don't really, no one really cares about Idiots, that Idiots, all of you. Yeah, no kidding. It was, the, it was the best thing we've seen, I think, for sure. Um, but so, yeah, we went, we went there straight away and it was like, I don't know, just immediately you get the sense of how, um, how shite all the examples of ancient oh, yeah, we, art is in we the States. We have thirds. We don't even have seconds. No. We have thirds. It's terrible. This is, but this is also why, like we we buy, you know, newer shit, and you know, we'll get to when it comes to Ooh, contemporary yeah. and painting and school, you know, we'll get there. But like, you know, our rich people were like, oh, fuck, we can't, we can't buy anything like old. They've already got it all, and they won't sell it to us because they're still pissed about a hundred and fifty years ago. You know, they're like, remember that time we took your country? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I, I think it has something to do with like not being able to get it but it's also like they just got to all these places first you know right like in an era where it wasn't uh problematic at all to just like take things from countries when you conquered them yeah um you know they were reigning during that entire period right they were on the way up so you know they get to egypt and they just take all the good shit they get to greece they just take all the take everything like everywhere but I mean, it was stunning, you know, because we walked in and we kind of went to the Asian section first. I don't know, which in retrospect is a mistake. That's like the least interesting part of the British right, Empire. They yeah. had a lot of great stuff. Um, but right off the bat, I was just taken away by the quality and the color of things. Because I think we get the mistaken impression, both of, 
from the way that we're taught and the examples that we have that the past is really colorless. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. That everything's faded or everything's white. It's funny that that chroma show is up at the Met right Oof, now and, yeah. and stirring some controversy around like polychrome sculptures or whatever. Because you're like, oh, when the examples are good, they just actually already... They kept the color. They kept yeah. the color. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you had to steal it out of the site a little earlier. Um, Correct. But yeah, so we kind of like ran through the Asian section, the Indian stuff. Um, but when we got to Egypt, then you're like, ooh, you know, it's packed with people. You're just in a cloud of German farts. It was so gassy. And it was so gross. You know, it smells like sausage everywhere. No air conditioning. No air conditioning. Which is a constant problem. I can't. The only taste of air conditioning we got was in the prints and drawings room at the British Museum. It was beautiful. I, I which feels good. Honestly, the best looking display of prints. They're like it's all head level, and you're gonna look at it, and it's a selection, and you're good. And I was like. Man, it's so cold in here. Oh. Yeah, I know. I almost Heaven. feel like I want to go back there tomorrow just to absorb some AC before we hit the continent where you know you're not going to find That's it. That's true. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, it was the Egyptian stuff that really it took me off guard. I do not give a fuck about ancient Egypt. I don't know anything about it. Like, literally nothing. I knew more when I was a child. Yeah, the little kid in me was, like, giddy to, like, see perfect examples. But they like, are uh, perfect examples. I mean, the the color on these things is incredible. Because, like, again, when you go to the Met and you see, like, the faded papyrus, you see the sarcophagi, right. and they're all, like, ochre and umber, and you, you, you get a hint that there used to be blue on but them. But we also don't light it right. Like, no. I, part of the thing, um, you know, part of the thing in the British Museum, there, one of the main drags is, like, a cabinet of curiosities room where it's got, like, banister bookcases, like the legal style with the glass fronts. They do case design here and exhibition design so well. Yeah, they do. So beautifully. Well, you know, in a you... way that like Egypt in the Met is like <sighs> green tinted and shitty. Like the LEDs are early LEDs, so yeah, they're all yeah. not the right uh, Kelvin temperature. And you're like, ooh, this is Dan. This looks like a doctor's office. Well, and you made an interesting point when we were on the way out of the British Museum where you said something along the lines of like, they do this kind of lighting that's like considered othering. Do you oh, know, in, do you Af remember that? in Africa, anytime it's like something that they like didn't conquer fully, they're like, it's other. Well, I think that I, I don't know what it's that drama. It's melodrama. It's melodramatic lighting. Yeah. And I and I think that it wasn't only Africa. I think it was kind of everything is lit. Um, oh, the Chinese pottery is also lit this way. A little exaggerated, like pretty high contrast. I mean, which is great for viewing three-dimensional objects. Like, I kind of think everything should be like that. They didn't do it for the Elgin Marbles. That was daylight. Oh, well, those daylight were... Mix, yeah, yeah. Those, you're talking about, like, the Parthenon and yeah. all of the Greek stuff. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, like, just incredible rooms to have those I things mean, in. Yeah. And plenty of air and space. They looked gorgeous no matter what. But I, I really liked this idea about othering lighting or like lighting that's a little bit dramatic because our museum lighting is like kind of flat neutral or unconsidered. I mean, we, we made the white cube. Yeah, we did it. I know the gallery is here, but listen, we're better at it because we have more space, but it's not great for all types of things. No. And, uh, specifically, like if you're thinking about it from the political angle of like, we're trying to honor things by giving it all the same uniform lighting. I think you're actually like doing it a disservice. Like, 
I can understand where where you'd have this like imperial perspective that it's not okay to be like, ooh, look how exotic. But like, it is fucking exotic. It's from two thousand years ago. Yeah. I mean, and the, it's still pink and purple. And when it's lit like it's in a theater production, right? It's you're a like, this is incredible. Yeah. You know, there's a real majesty to it. I've also been just fucking mainlining microdosing mushrooms, so it's it probably has something to do with it. Might have, did I have them yesterday or the day before? I can't remember. Oopsies. Now. One day I was really like, Ooh, I've just been colors. popping those things like candy. I brought like thirty of them, and I'm like halfway done. <laughs> <laughs> Got to save some for the Louvre. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, I just thought the ex- the examples of stuff there were incredible. Like the the Parthenon freezes. Insane. We were talking me. about re- repatriation when we saw that because we were kind of joking about it the whole time. Like, isn't it funny that the Brits feel guilty about like all the things that they've stolen? But when you're like, oh, they just took a wonder of the world, like the temple at Halicarnassus. Took it apart. And we're like, we're just bringing it here. You're like, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, what if 9-11 happened and the British were like, we're taking the wreckage and we're going to put it in London. We'd be like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. You can't do that. It seems. No, it's like America going to like, it's, you know, what we do, you know, we just bomb shit now. We Mm -hmm. don't take anything. But like. It's like if we invaded Mexico and we're like, we're taking all your shit. You take our gerbs, we're taking your shit. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's insane. Like, you, it's very palpable here that you're like, oh, this does not belong here. Yeah, no, it's stunning. Like, d- d- put it back, because put it back, it, put it back. Because here's the thing. Like, again, I think it relates to, like, in the new world, we have all these minor examples of things. So I've never thought it was a very big deal. It's like, yeah, we got some broken fucking sculptures. Who cares? You know? They're a bunch of broken sculptures they found under the ocean. What difference does it make yeah, where they like are? Yeah, they're like third rate anyway. But when you're like, oh, you took an entire you building. You took the best parts of <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, you took the best parts. The Egyptian stuff is particularly egregious, too. You're like... Grave sites, and they're like, yeah, we put the skull in there, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. The bones in the British Museum was crazy. They have no problem just having bones. human remains as parts, parts of exhibitions. The, the British and the Chinese, you know, the body worlds and oh, just right, yeah. having bones. They're like, it's fine. Not a big deal. No one knows who this person was. Who cares? And you're like, but that was a human. Like, that's somebody's skull. And you're like, isn't this mask next to it interesting? And you're like, yeah, but why is the skull Why is the skull here? here? <laughs> Pretty crazy. <sighs> but yeah, were there were there any any other things that stuck out to you? I, I think, it, you know, my recommendation to somebody visiting London would be go to the British Museum, basically spend all day there, because we did speed run it. Um, we could have spent more time, but I also don't know. But this is a nice uh, segue to the following thing that we did, which were the Tates, the Tate Britain... <sighs> And the Tate Modern. Fuck them Tates. Which, guys, British art is trash. It's bad. It sucks. It's all bad. Listen. It's horrible. Listen, I, I was joking, but I would literally, in my head, just kept chanting, USA, USA. Because, like, listen, your abstraction here is god-awful. You didn't do it right. You never were good at it. I'm so sorry. And you're never going to be good at it. And also, you're non-famous art, like your Joshua Reynolds, your Turners. Sorry. It's all really bad. Your color shit. Everything is brown and stupid. Well, the thing I it's said... It's hung retarded. The thing I said to you, which I will stand by, is I think that the British, in terms of painting, can be rightfully proud of Turner and of Hockney. However... Hockney's an American. You get a half point for Hockney because he's from California. Let's be honest. You're, the most famous painting is of a California... Yeah. <laughs> And Turner, Turner's great. It's just that uh, I think we took the better examples. We took all the better yeah. Turners. Like yeah. I, I told you, 
the frick has better turners than absolutely the tape written where they're like it's the turner room and you're like these are shitty the tape written I, I was just not prepared i knew that that it was national themed i just didn't think that it would be that bad only british art and all second or third rate shit like when you walk into like a room full of art from 1900 to about 1950 and it's all British artists, you're like, this looks like an undergrad show. It is. Like, honestly, I made bad. better paintings than it's this when regional. I was 20 years old. It's provincial looking. It's so bad. You yeah. compared it to the the Cleveland Museum of Art has a room that's just Cleveland artists. That's like a nice tribute to the local scene. And this is not a museum scale version of that kind of provincial. Full floor. Ugh. Full, ugh. And I got, you know, here's, again, here's the thing. The Seagram murals, you love to see him. Not mad at it. That's where the exhibition design fails because the Turners are lit like a motherfucker. And that spills into this, like, attempt at doing the, the, what's that chapel? I don't know. What are you talking about? In Texas. The Manil chapel oh yeah sure sure you know like they're trying to do that with that insulation i'm like mm, this doesn't really work these are really hard to see and well then here's the thing layer like a motherfucker from the turner galleries and you're like, Ugh. just as a just as a point of information because not everybody's going to know that the seagram murals are a rothko series that he designed for a restaurant and eventually canceled the commission because you know he was like fuck fuck the four seasons yeah the scale of his ambition outmatched the venue and so he gifted. He also didn't like the people who commissioned it, but no. And he gifted them to the table. I think Rothko said about that series something along the lines of like, "I hope all the people sitting in this restaurant like can't stand to be in there. Like they shouldn't be able to finish their meal." Which I really liked about the Seagram murals. Seeing them live was they have a menace. They're like evil Rothko, which I think is kind of a cool vibe. They're not I- emotional Rothkos. They're like aggressive. I Rothkos. genuinely think of them, think of Rothko normally as being like pretty sentimental in a, in a strange way, but these are like aggressive, mean. It, they're devilish. It's well, you they're know, devilish. I, I, you know, famously almost cry every time I see a Rothko installed. Well, this was one where I like had fear. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, maybe again, it's the micro dosing of the mushrooms, but I was like, this is bad trip, Rothko. Yeah, it's. It puts you in a weird mind space immediately. You're like, ooh, every I feel tight. Definitely, there's a, there's a, the color is beautiful, but it's definitely like it's blood red. It's, yeah, it's, it's the first time that it gets blood like, and body. It gets visceral. I compared one of the paintings to like the color of your eyelids if you close them and look at mm-hmm. the sun. This is kind of what we're talking about, yeah. like a dark luminosity. The level of burgundy that's, you know, when they say like the wine red sea. That's what it is. Yes, exactly right. Sorry, Scott Lyle, you suck at that. Rothko did it better. You know about the the wine dark sea thing because that's a they line. Didn't, they didn't know that they couldn't do blue. Yes, that's a line from Homer. But yeah. th- there's speculation that yeah, they didn't really know what blue was. People would have described the the color of the sky as like clear or transparent, yeah. not as blue. Yeah. So the reflection in the ocean like didn't mean anything to them. It wasn't yeah, blue as a concept I, is a late concept. I kind of think I'm gonna kind of call bullshit on this because there's obviously blue in the ancient world. Like whether it's Mesoamerica or in Egypt, you're like, no, they knew what the fuck blue was. But it I, wasn't as ready as pigment though. The only thing that they had was lapis lazuli to make ultramarine. Like it was rare to see the pigment and then you know one to one it. Sure, yeah. You know, I would buy maybe that average people didn't have a lot of experience with blue, but certainly like cosmopolitans and royals and aristocrats would have. Oh, yeah. But it was, yeah, it was rich. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, the problem with the exhibition design with the Seagram murals is that it's a thoroughfare. I think that's so the best way to sum it up is like, it's too bad that it's not its own dead end. It should it be should a room be that dead. you enter and then exit by the same the door. The same door. Except there's two doors where you go into a well-lit Turner room. Um, bad. I did like the one Turner that they had in there, which I had never seen him do, which was a nocturne. It was a tiny painting. Oh, I think I took a of, photo of the moonscape, and yeah. I and I thought they should have played up that relationship to Rothko a little bit. And it was in a side room on a back wall, like barely, totally somewhere else, like kind of unacknowledged. But the coloration in that Turner was that kind of Rothko, like this one. Yes, was that burgundy brown gray? I felt like that's the painting he was thinking of. Yeah, moonlight a study at Millbank. Yeah. From 1797. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the t- then we went to the Tate Modern, which was what a, a waste fucking of mess. time. Why did... We- it was so far away. Yeah. And it's filled with nothing. I mean, granted, half of it was closed. There's a lot closed. A lot of things are closed here. That's true. I honestly don't think it would have mattered, though. No. I just think the British, like... Because at first I thought it was like, oh, the British make bad art. And then we went to the Tate Modern, and I was like, oh, the British also have no taste. <sighs> Again, their taste stopped in 2005. Again, you have a Z installation. Yeah. You see a, a Hege Yang. Yeah, like, a, a triggering... The first show I ever installed at a former employer was just hanging from the ceiling in one of these galleries, and I was like, oh, no, get me out of here. And then a bunch of paintings that I packed like two months ago in another gallery, um, which, is yeah. kind, which is kind of true of contemporary art all over the world, but this right. is what I'm learning. I, I think going forward into Paris... Um, we don't need to go see modern or contemporary. I just don't think it's necessary. Modern, yeah. Maybe. I, this is why I want to go to the Pompidou, because I'm like, eh, who, what do they got? But again, to, to circle back to the Tate Modern, like you walk into a room of like, they don't even call it abstract expressionism, but it's like that era, the yeah. 40s and 50s, and you're like, oh, you have a minor bad Pollock, you <sighs> have a bad Lee Krasner, and then you have a bunch of Europeans no one's ever heard of doing smushies with gray. And you're like, guys, yeah. you can't omit the Americans from the story. I know you have a grudge against us. But we but were better at it. We I'm make so sorry. way better art than you after World War II. Yeah. Like, let's be honest about this. Not a Johns or a Rauschenberg in sight in the whole place. I haven't seen one in three days of three museums. Incredible. Insane no Warhols? Me. I mean, say what you want about Andy Warhol. I don't necessarily love Andy Warhol, but you can't omit him from the story of post-war art. That's insane. I mean, I they don't have that much post-war art. Like, it, all the contemporary stuff... No, they stuff, do, but it's all like Jenny Holzer. Like, <sighs> yeah, they love messaging art. They love Barbara Kruger. They love, like, text. Dry, yeah. conceptual text. You I don't know, know why. I, like, this is why I never got relational aesthetics either. I'm like, what? Why y'all like reading so much? Well, boring. I, I expressed this to you in brief after we saw it, but like I genuinely think that there's a European grudge against painting. The Germans accepted. The Germans appreciate yeah. a good painting. The French, but you know they get uppity sometimes. Well, we can't you let know. that happen. Um, genuinely, I think that Europeans don't respect painting because during the World Wars they didn't have the manpower or the materiel to produce any. So after the war and all of that desolation, they just get into like. Basically, they go out into left field into this obscurantism right. around like concept art. Joseph Boys weighs heavy on the European sensibility. I don't think so. I think so. <sighs> I think almost. I think almost all the art that you look at would stem from somebody like him, like performance-based pedagogy. 
that's what it all feels like anyway. I'm not even saying that that's like a direct one-to-one like aesthetic relationship. Well, the thing that gets me is it's all out of Duchamp, right? Yeah. Have And the only Duchamp we saw was a 65 recasting of the Armut thing shoved disrespectfully into a corner like i don't i think they have a chip on their shoulder where they don't like the irony either yeah Yeah. they're like but they're still attached to the concept of the salon like if things from the 40s are hung all buckshot all over the walls it's like hey guys hey 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 stop it stop it we don't do that okay so sorry yeah I don't know what it is, man. I, it also just relates to this larger point that I think we've been experiencing in interacting with people here and like hanging out around here is that like it's very evident that this is a stagnating society. That loves tradition but doesn't really care that much. They just have tradition. They don't love it. They love the style of tradition but they don't actually embrace what that is right or, or interrogate it that much quite frankly like think about think about like a suburban american white man that's like wearing american flag shorts and swimming in his above ground pool it's um, very above ground and pool. drinking above a uh, bud light on the fourth of july well wait a minute he bud heavy that that guy is embracing the spirit of america both in terms of what little tradition it has and the ideals that it represents right i don't give a shit i just want to grill i love freedom i love my country and like i'm just enjoying my rich life but here it's like they they have all the tradition but they don't have any of the weight of it and they don't like respect it but they also are like i don't know our social welfare state's fine nobody's having kids nobody works like it's just everything's fine but there's scuffs all over the wall and we just leave them. And The scuffs on all the museum walls. You know, Holy shit. There's a real laissez-faire attitude towards like innovation. And I think you see that reflected in their art. They're like, we don't respect innovation. We respect tradition. And you're like, yeah, at a certain point, that's no good. Yeah, Whatever because, happened to modernity? Well, they don't like the new. No. this America, we love new. Yeah. Give us shiny shit all day long. You know, China's better at it at this point. They're faster, better. You know, like, and there are things that are like, advanced here like you know they're like "Eh, it's more efficient like this is why like you know we were like oh do we need cash and elrico said yeah it's pretty cashless and everyone's got the little wander with you with the Mm -hmm. little atm or pin pad machine they just tap your shit and go yeah like they like that they're like oh no if we can get you to spend money faster we're great but mm, ideas not so much no that's that's what i'm saying is like the the I think Americans get slagged a lot of the time for being like convenience hogs, for being like obsessed with convenience. Right. But I think we're actually obsessed with like dynamism. It's not even really that convenient. Like it's more convenient here to use their yeah. infrastructure to pay for things to do stuff. But it like makes people kind of lazy. Yeah, honestly, it's a little wally. Yeah, it's a little wally. Like I, I you know, and even the pub culture sort of reflects this of like. Mm, you know we just go to our jobs and then we get fucked up and then we do it again and it it, it all seems kind of pointless it's weird they're nihilist donnie yeah um yeah uh, i don't know anyway i'm struggling to convey it right now because it's a late hour but i do i do feel like i get the vibe here and i am chanting usa all the time yeah like america actually fucking rules i mean there's a reason why we said, oh, no, we are not doing this. Fuck you. Take your tea, suck it, and let's go. Yeah. You know, like, because I, I do think, like, I was thinking on on the tube. I was like, I think it must, like, there's a lot of regulation. Like, think about all the regulations of even buying a beer at a certain hour. Right. Like, you know, ordering whatever the fuck. 
it must be very difficult to start a business here. Oh yeah, 100%. like the regulation level, like because even in restaurants, like the clean, like they have the clean levels and all the lots of things. Where even in New York, we're like, we got an A or a B, whatever. Right. Like well, things are posted here, and it's aggressively regulated. I'm like, how do people get out of doing a corporate job or a shitty job or whatever? And it seems like you know, like the American dream of I'm going to start my little business and do whatever the fuck impossible it here. doesn't even seem like it occurs to anybody they don't want to do yeah it. yeah exactly they don't want to do that anymore it's very much like um you know the song they're they're making plans for nigel i don't think i do they're always making plans for nigel he's got a future in the <laughs> british steel like you know everything is very predetermined they're like hey you just get a job you do the thing right you have your you know uh union uh gallery sitting job Right, right. At uh, the National Gallery. From. And you just, you have a chair, you sit, people get too close to shit, you don't even tell them to fuck off. Like, well, and it's like, that's what social democracy is, right? Like, that was the post-war compromise. Was like, you know, or even, even pre-World War II to some extent, they were like, okay, listen, we're just like making this arrangement where our citizens are well taken care of little, little hogs. Yeah. And we don't bother, like, trying to do anything anymore. Like, all of our resources just go to better infrastructure and more convenience, but, like, it's going to be hard for you to do anything dynamic. Because they can't bitch about it, yeah. And they don't bitch about it, and that's fine. Like, it's just a different form of life. I don't know. Right. Like, uh, people get down on America because we're having a hard time right now. And we kind of, like, are always having a hard time, but, like, I don't know. I'm kind of optimistic the about... The kind of always having a hard time keeps things moving. It does. It keeps, you know? it keeps things moving. And, like, in New York... Uh, you know, the one thing I will give them here that I've really appreciated, uh, you know, as tired as it is to talk about, I know people hate it when we talk about it, is the COVID stuff. Like, immediately oh, yeah, okay. yeah. when we landed here and, like, everybody's on the same page, there's not a mask in sight. It's just like, okay, we decided that we're done with this and we're done with this. And no one talks about it. No one does anything about it. It's just like, you can just live your life. They also don't, like, cough into their elbow at all. They just hack openly. I'm like, you need to not. That's the one thing I'm like, again... USA, like we're at least a little more like, ugh. well, I don't care about the specifics of COVID. Like what I, what I mean is just that like, there's not this low level culture war brewing among the British. Mm-hmm. However, that we, we know we I have mean... seen a couple of uh, British Alex Jones patriots around that are trying to honor the dead from the vaccine. Yeah. And, it's a little wild. Uh, trying to keep gays out of Soho. Good luck with that. Wait, what? That guy the other night that was like, do you really think two men should be able to marry? The guy with the signs all over him, the crazy man. I blocked brown out. Yeah, you were in the brown out. But yeah, th- you know, there's definitely some culture war here, but it's not the same as in the United States. Like right. that level of anxiety that we have with each other, as much as it might like keep things moving, I, I feel that. As it gets a, in the way. A genuine yeah. negative. That sucks. Yeah. It would be better if everybody was on the same page about stuff. Um. But anyway, so we did the Tates. Yeah. And then that today, was calling it. Yeah. Today was um, we did the National Gallery. Which That's we where should, all the good painting was. Yeah. We were we were wondering. We were like, the Tates? What the hell? Like, this sucks. Where's all your good shit? I know you have it. You have to have it. You clearly took all the good shit at one point. You have to have some of it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's just the National Gallery. Okay. Got it. And the National Gallery was fucking sick. It was a lot of good. I, I think um, I think the British Museum was a little bit better. I, I can't quite put that into words. I, I normally am on the side of painting, but I was like, actually, these just old objects are sick. My thing is, like, why have them separate? 
Yeah. You know, like this is why, you know, the Met is great because you're like, where do you want to go? You want to go to Egypt? We got Egypt over here. You want to go to Japan? Great. You want to go to French painting circle 19, whatever? You're like, yeah, we got that too. Right. You're like, oh, thank God. I don't have to walk. I mean, I I think it's just a, a, a simple matter of like building size like yeah straight up they just compartmentalize it because they're like we have so much stuff i mean that's true you know both of those museums combined would be much larger than the met and it's also you know i have to give it i have to give it credit i think it enhances the experience i think one of the reasons i appreciated the british museum so much and i appreciated the national gallery so much is that like okay i'm in ancient history mode looking at mostly sculpture that's a different kind of line of thinking right then like i'm in mode, painting yeah. mode about to uh proceed through history from the middle ages to today i yeah. kind of like seeing the things separately and appreciating them separately right. um but anyway the Na- the national gallery i mean just bangers wall to wall Ooh, baby you the, walk in bangers the arnolfini wedding oh absolutely incredible thought i'd never see that in my life quite frankly no i know isn't it, it this is the best part I, I mean i think a lot of people travel um in a way where they're like oh i don't want to spend time in museums like looking at art because museums are kind of museums everywhere and i'm sympathetic to that position <sighs> but um i'm happy to be on this trip with you somebody that can appreciate this stuff also, because I'm like, yeah, I never thought I'd see the Arnold Feeney wedding. You see that painting in books forever. And you're like, wait, 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 it's there? Yeah. Yeah, and you just have a preconceived notion about it, or at least I do, where I'm like, you know, I see a lot of paintings in reproduction, and then you see them in person, and they're no good. And then it turns out, like, that painting is way better than I ever could have imagined. Right. I mean, that one sticks out to me, because I'm just like, I don't know that much about Jan van Eyck. I don't even right, really know yeah. what, that much about that period of time. I just know it's important because of the the mirror in the background, like giving right. a little glimpse of like the artist and the meta. That's when the meta enters the picture. But yeah. you look at the painting, you're like, oh, this is a little bigger than I imagined. Yeah. yeah. It's way more detailed. Like yes. the style of painting is incredible. The fuzziness of the fur collar. Wild. That's like so delicate and then you know the way that chandelier is painted the way that mirror is painted the patterns on everybody's dresses i mean just an incredible thing to behold um and i mean that's just the tip of the iceberg like what what stood out to you i mean i spent a lot of time with the vermeers because it's two of the same subject which is rare to ever get to see but like you know you know when you do the mental like punch card of how many vermeers are in the world and how many have you seen like ooh, just knock two more out okay cool like, and then you realize, like, oh, it's the same room and everything. Like, and even, like, the way that the marble is painted is almost the same one. To, like, it's almost like a template. Yeah. And you're, it's kind of funny. Like, I, I never thought of, like, you know, the studio staging template process of that. Where, like, it's right. kind of, like, clone stamped. Like, I don't know. Well, because I, I would imagine because he painted that same room so many times that on a certain level it is kind of clone stamped. It's automatic. Yeah. Like th- the room is the room. When he's doing that part, he probably doesn't have to think very actively about what he's doing. He's painted that so many times right. that the the still life parts and the figure parts are the things that get attention. But yeah. those tiles, I mean, you've, you've painted those he's 35 like, times. Yeah. Like you know how to do it. Same with the window and like the cast yeah. of light and stuff. But yeah, he's an interesting artist in that level because so few of his works are extant 
like we don't know. I mean, there's only I think 36 Vermeers that mm-hmm. exist, but maybe he made 200 paintings. We don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty obvious from the historical record that he didn't make as much as a lot of other artists did. Right, but that he was broke a lot, so getting totally. you know. Nonetheless, material was kind of a bitch. A lot of them don't exist, so we don't know what he was really doing. But I like to think you're making an interesting point here, which is I like to think of him as like an early kind of serial artist where um, in this in the same way that like in the Arnolfini wedding, it's the first time like there's a meta component to a painting. Right. First major time with Vermeer. It's sort of like this is the first time somebody's not really concerned with the subject matter. Right. It's about something else. It's about. Outside of the thing, even though the subject matter is there, it's just like eh, they're containers for other things. Yeah, and you're like, well, I, you know, that's a, I love that idea in painting. Mm-hmm. Containers for other, you know, use the same thing. They're just vessels. Yeah. Um. Well, and um, I can't let it pass without mention that like it occurred to me when we were leaving the National Gallery that uh David Hockney's book Secret Knowledge that's about like the optical, uh technological component of like painting practice back to the middle ages involves almost every major painting in the national gallery i mean he basically studied it that's where he learned things and uh i don't know that book was really important to me coming up i think that was like the second or third like fat you know coffee table style book that i ever bought in a in the pre-internet era when access to art reproductions was a little rough. Was tough. I mean, I looked at that book so many times. I mean, and Vermeer is a perfect, like, example of that or segue into that. Like, Hockney makes a really compelling case that, like, artists had been using, like, technology and, like, primitive photography for yeah. a long time. And when you're there and you see the Holbein with the distorted skull and you see the Which, Arnolfini wedding and you see can the I Vermeers. Make, can, I, can I make a real quick thing about that, that Holbein? So the most interesting thing is that freaky skull, right? Yeah. That fucker is hung so low to the ground. I'm like, can we bump this up, please? Yeah, if memory serves, that painting was originally designed for a staircase so that when you were coming up it from the right-hand side, the perspective would correct itself. And it's five inches from the ground? Right. Well, it's hung at the proper height for contemporary presentation. I mean, there's really no other way to do it. Bump it up. One foot more. The thing is, like, a large-scale Holbein like that, like, how many of those actually exist? Mostly when you see a Hans Holbein, it's like a 24 small by 30. portrait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't mind that they did that because the painting itself is actually very good. Like, yes, the gimmicky skull yeah. is, like, what it's known for. It's got that Holbein green drapery, and I was like, oh, baby, it's so I wouldn't good. want it hung anywhere else because I did like looking at it, oh. you know? Um. I don't. Also, the Poussin, the the man killed by a snake, the sight of death painting. I was like, Oh yeah, it's here. I'm, you know, do I remember much of that? But that book, not really. But you know, you start to look at a the Poussins here in the National Gallery. Great. I was like, Oh, Nikki P, fucking killing it from day one. Great, love it. Um, but like you see the like buildings in the background, they're not to the level of detail that most Poussins are really architecturally like tight assed. Right. So they become just abstract forms. And like the coloring is a little wild and I I don't know. Again I mean things that you're like I don't think I would ever I never thought I'd see that. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean I, I got a little misty when I saw the Joseph Wright of Derby painting, the uh, experiment oh, yeah. on bird and air pump just because 
Uh, I first learned about that painting again from that Hockney book. And it's like a thing that I've been thinking about for like 15 years. I've always loved that painting. Yeah. And then then recently I've been making work that incorporates it. And so like I've been pouring over like every possible reproduction you can find because it's um, for people that haven't seen it. It's like a I forget what the name is, but it's like an extreme um, chiaroscuro painting with it's only lit by candlelight. There's a certain name for that. Mm. But so there's a lot of like luminous. No, not luminism. Something. But it's like a very black on black painting. It's got a lot of color, for mo- but it has a ton of color. And like I knew that because when you get good reproductions, you can sort of start to make out some of these details. But like because I'd actually been like using that image and trying to reproduce it in some sense. I, I mean, I got very emotional looking at it and being like, oh, my God. Like I know elements of it very in a very detailed way. Right. Like, oh, that's what the wa- the watch looks like that. Right. Like, oh, the cockatoo, I can see now. Like, even when I went to the Met and I went to the drawing room, one of the things that I looked at was, like, a reproduction etching from the era that I think was, like, something that was probably just reproduced in, like, newspapers or something. But I looked at it that specifically, not because I thought it was aesthetically interesting. You know, it's by some third-rate artist. I looked at it because I was like, oh, I'll actually be able to see, like, what certain parts look like. And then to be able to see the painting was just incredible. It's and huge. I thought it was small. Yeah, it's a, it's a big painting. Joseph Wright of Derby didn't make that many like that. He was mostly like a commissioned portrait guy. Huh. He lived in the British countryside. He was one of the first like uh, artists to leave London and sort of abandon the scene. Oh, there. so he could do scale. Wow, what an idea. Yeah, and then he's and then he was able to do these like scenes of um, science and philosophy. Like his major works, like that one are all like um, about the Industrial Revolution, which is also why I, I'm attached yeah. to him and think he's an interesting painter. He's good technically too, but it, it's it's a subject for me with him. But but yeah, to be able to see that, I mean, incredible. The, the Manet that's cut up that Jasper Johns used. Every, yeah. That uh, Gwen is a fan of. Just kind of an, an think, interesting artifact in I itself. I think m- most painters are big fans of that particular thing. Well, it looks like, great in person, too, like mounted to clean linen or whatever, those cut-up pieces. Which it looks crazy. I'm like, oh, De- was it Degas who got the parts back? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you? Ballerina man? You're the man who said, I gotta get these parts? Uh, well, I have to say, I don't know if you stepped into... Um, there was a back room that was just pastels. It was like half Degas yeah. and then like half sort of 18th century pastel portraits. And, you know, I've seen a lot of Degas pastels in my day, but, like, truly his paintings are not good. Like, no, it's the, the pastels yeah. rule. Yeah. Um, the condition of things and the color of things, again, was just incredible. I mean, there was incredible Monet's there. I mean, they don't put a lot of emphasis on Impressionism. I think when we get to France, we're going to get to see a lot of good Ooh, shit. baby, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, their, their whole things are Maybe just incredible. gnarly monet. Yeah. Like, no, like grizzled looking monet. I was like, oh, all right. Um, Are you talking about the water lily, the big one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, rough. Well, it'll be looks rough in the best way. I read the wall label for that one, and uh, that was made during World War One. Oh. in 1916, and he made an entire series that he gifted to the French government after the war. He made, um, like one of those sort of half rotunda 
series similar to yeah. like what MoMA has. And he gave it to the French government. I don't know what museum it's at, but I'm mm. sure we'll get to see it. And that one was like originally intended to be a part of it, and then he kind of removed it. Oh, so the British have the like annex to the 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 second. That's where they start buying the second rate modern. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. There's, I mean, there's so much to say. I mean, like like there was an entire room of Luke Lucas Cranach the Elder, who like yeah. I don't like necessarily. I was down for it. They were but, interesting. Yeah. But it's just, again, one of those things that it's like, wow, you read about this guy in books forever, and I don't think I've ever seen one. Maybe one. Uh, but have, I don't think the Met has them. We have one. Maybe. National Gallery had one. Maybe the National Gallery had one. Oh, my God. They have a couple. Uh, again, so much to say. The the Da Vinci, the Madonna on the Rocks. Eh, whatever. No way, dude. I don't mean, care. I, I don't. I don't fan out over Da Vinci because I, I don't think he's a good painter. I've seen a few other ones that are incredible, but no, it's that it's that sfumato technique that's like the the skin and the bodies are, are just glow, insane yeah. looking. Yeah, but when you compare that, I'm like, here's the thing: I was there for the Michael the half finished Michelangelo's because like you get to see like how grisaille actually works and also like the way it's painted, it's or unpainted, like the neg- negative linen space. Yeah, I was like. Huh. I'm going to steal that. That's great. Yeah. I mean. Like, they were just better at that. I don't know. Like, the Italians were good at that kind of painting. Yeah, they were really good at that. Yeah. Which is which is a lost art, you know? Nobody yeah. paints like that anymore. Like, th- that's part of the reason that I find somebody like Da Vinci really fascinating. It's not because, like, not because that's interesting, like, in and of itself. It's just, like, that's never coming back again. No one's going to spend time doing a thousand, like, layers, barely perceptible yeah. layers of oil paint to get that effect. Right. There's just no reason to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There were a lot of great Rubens in there. I, I always kind of like Rubens, but there's also so much of his work around that I don't tend to regard it. See, I had I had a moment where I was like, you know, I don't get it. Rubens, not for me. Not I'm not a Rubens guy. For me, it's just the underpainting. I mean, he does this like neon orange underpainting and manages to leave a lot of it coming through, through but there's yeah. still a solidity to it that's like hard to um it's hard to convey how interesting it is that you can see all the way back to the last layer, yet the painting looks finished. Yeah. It doesn't seem it doesn't have that impressionist yeah. or post impressionist thing of being like overt brushwork right but it's still like very economical for how detailed they are you know hmm. i mean yeah i don't know i like a veronese i'm always like down for that like veronese is great because yeah. they're like the like layering is dumb in this kind of fun way because it's always like gauzes and you're like oh you painted that you painted that the cheap and dirty way and i like that thank you buddy like, you know, like, it's kind of funny where he's like, yeah, I could do it the right way, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah. yeah and you're yeah. like, <laughs> that's funny. Um, but no, it's it, it does become the kind of thing where it's like the the breath and the like the, you know, the wealth of goodness that's around. You're just kind of like, uh, you know, it's hard. Well, it's overwhelming. It, it's it's one of those instances where i really regret like never studying abroad like a lot of our friends did because it would have it would be nice to live in london for a month not for the city itself although that would be fun too it would be great to just be able to visit those museums and be like you know what i'm just going to spend some time with like five paintings today having to speed run the british museum and the national gallery uh as fun as it is feels like a disservice where i'm like damn i really could have 
I could yeah. use two days in there, you know. Right. Um, day and a half. Like or, a longer day. Or like how fun would it be similar to the visits that we do to the Met where it's like, I know this place really well. I don't need to see all the things today. I'm just going to the one room right. today. It's regrettable that maybe this will be the only time I ever see these things. Right. Um, but it also enhances your experience, you know? I, I, I am focused, and I sort of, like, latch on to things in a way that I wouldn't normally. Well, it's also, like, did you see the thing? No. What? Yeah. When you're, like, I was, like, did you saw that on a figurine portrait, right? And you're, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, go back. Go. Start over. You fucked up. Well, and they're big, you know, they're big buildings that I'm not familiar with. So it's like they're laid out kind of stupid. So it's easy to miss like entire galleries if you're not. Well, you give me shit for, you know, always going left when out in public. But in museums, the good idea is to always veer left because people always go right. So exhibition design is always right focused. So if you think you're going to miss something, just take the little left like nook and it's going to take you somewhere. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. Imperial War Museum. I. It wasn't for me. It wasn't. That wasn't for you. I had a. I had a nice time there. I spent a good chunk of time. At you the didn't Imperial go through War the Museum. Holocaust and have a downer moment. I did not. I was mostly there for the Great War, um, and I got my fill. I got to see, you know, Ottoman uniforms, Serbian uniforms, weird, weird stuff. I got to see a French seventy-five. I, got I did to like see the a World trench. War One tank. The trench was cool. Um, confounding what they're doing these days with like history museum design so much sound natural sound history everywhere. museums and war museums and stuff uh, too many projectors all the information is on like sound. post-it level size information and i'm like i'm not reading any of this well there's just, just so you know there's just too much text you know i don't know um but no it was cool i mean i was glad to get to see all of that all of that military memorabilia that stuff is meaningful to me i mean i i i get i get emotional thinking about world war one I. I do um, it's weird okay. as a it's weird as a yank to like have that reaction because really World War Two was our war, you know. Yeah. Um, but World War One to me is just this incredible like confluence of um, like Jules Verne uh, era technology with like yeah, modern there's... total war, and I, I do think like it set the stage for our world in a way, and like being right. being in Britain. Uh, and you know reflecting on the world the first world war is really important like the 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 world changed you know like dan carlin says this wonderful thing in the beginning of blueprint for armageddon his world war one series where he's alluding to gavilo princip and he says um you know the person most responsible for the modern world started the second world war his name was gavilo princip there wouldn't have been a second world war if there wasn't a first Right. And, well, you know, it gets short shrift from an American perspective because we didn't really participate in it until the very end. Yeah, we didn't really do anything. Um, but it's a big deal, you know. Um, every every consequential event from uh, 9-11 back can be chalked up to things that happened then. Right. Um, You're not wrong. I mean, hold on. Let me see if I took a photo of it. Uh, I didn't. Um there so there was a wall that had all the soldiers like personal things and personal notes yeah and there was like you know putties yeah and above one of the, like this little roll of putties was a drawing this little stick figure man of like this guy like drew like with my new boots and my putties i look like this and it was like the it, you know like i always love little 
you know, I love the little men everywhere. You know, like this is, you know, a Johnsian thing. But like when, whenever there's little attempt, like rudimentary attempts to describe something that, you know, someone just had to get down. Like it, it it's a need to yeah. describe. I'm always like, that's the most artful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's, it's clumsy, but it's accuracy is 110%. Like, you get it. Like, sure. you just get it. Yeah, yeah. Because someone's trying so hard to transmit what their thing is. Right, right. And, I mean, d- during wartime, like, the, the urgency is there. Like, I think this is why um, some people romanticize or latch on to, like, outsider artists, right? Is that they have this um, naivete and this urgency about their experience that, like, is transmitted through their rudimentary styles. But that's also, there's so much pleasure in the doing of it that... Well, and, I, that's why I never get down with and the there's a lot of shit. there's a lot of exoticism involved in appreciating it right it's like some some mistaken idea right but, then the retard got a, yeah. a couple a couple sticks and a crayon but when you see like the the war drawings or people's letters and stuff yeah. like I'm I'm always just reminded that like you think about war in big macro terms especially the world wars you know but really, it's like all of these like thousands and millions of individual stories. Right. You know, for example, in the Imperial War Museum, there was a collection of like um, makeshift like trench clubs and like knives and stuff, like things that soldiers had made, not issued weapons. And I was looking at them, kind of appreciating them on that boyish level of like, oh, isn't like weapons cool? Yeah. And then one of the inscriptions with them was like, um, this was made by, you know, Captain so-and-so of the 22nd, like, Manchester Regiment, and its first victim was, like, a German captain whose name they somehow knew, you know, Ooh, like, yeah. through their, re- and it was like, wow, like, that thing right there, like, killed someone, and World War One is not all about, like, shelling and biplanes and stuff, it's these tiny moments of, right. like, one-on-one really on one serious one-on-one, yeah. on one, like, life and death stakes well, you know and you see it in the art like the bomber uh things that people painted on them, right on their stuff like there's humor in it like it's just it's humanity it's cr- and it's crude yeah but it is again the accuracy is right i mean here's the thing the british be taking shit that they should leave behind so in holocaust yeah in the auschwitz room they have shells that they installed with like baby clothes. And I was like, I don't want, like you could have left it there. Oh yeah. Or it doesn't belong here. This is wrong. All of this is wrong. Yeah, Just so yeah. you got like, and that's actually like, you know, when it comes to like exhibition design, like they just have like nature video going and it's just the sound. And, but I was like, you see that case. And I, I was like, uh, I gotta go. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. This is not, this isn't right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I get that you have to tell, like, you know, it's a war museum. You have to tell a story. But I'm like, is this any better than, like, Nazis taking shit from people before they get gassed? I don't know. I mean, it's reverential, but I'm also like, hey, maybe uh, we don't do this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it is better. I mean, it, it's not... It's not plundering something. It's memorializing something, which is different. And, like, you know, I would imagine that, like, the exhibition designers and the the curators at at museums like that do have to be very conscious of, like, when are are things gratuitous or not. Um, 
because again, it's like you know, I was telling you, I was looking at like the letter from the Japanese kamikaze pilot in right. the World War II section, and it's like the letter itself is like so heartbreaking because he's just talking about like why do I have to die? Like this just doesn't make any sense. Like the war is lost. I don't know why I'm doing this. Right, and that's just words, but it feels gratuitous. It's like yeah. his family should have this. Yeah, I don't know why. But it's, but, but the yeah. thing is, I think when when you end up encountering things like that in war museum exhibitions, it's usually the family that gives it over to yeah. the country to like. Uh, remind people that there was like this sacrifice or you know yeah. these these heavy feelings Loss, yeah i do think i do think it is better and i don't know i connect with it i know i know it's like not the type of thing that's for everybody Ooh, but it, it, it you know i don't know it you know i was cranky immediately afterwards because i was like that was like it's men- a downer that was mentally exhausting yeah because you're trying to like you know you're dealing with processing like national gallery like heights of everything and then you're like oh yeah shit was bad here man yeah yeah oh fuck they really went through it well and we were talking about it walking through london like it's such a weird city because there's all this like you know 16th century architecture everywhere but then just like weird condo buildings and it's like yeah because they got the fuck bombed bombed out of them at some point you know i don't know um like and I don't think that like this is the thing about the stagnation. I'm like, did you guys like deal with your trauma? Well, they did. This is the thing. I don't judge them too harshly. Like it's it's funny from an American perspective to be like, yeah, these people aren't innovative and everybody's like a little bit boring. But it's like that's what they decided to do. They went through two world that's wars. That's their cope. They had in, well, they had entire generations die. Right. They got they got bombed to death, and they were like, listen, like let's just make life a little bit easier and not worry so much about trying to manage everything because the Germans start managing things and it gets out of control. It gets a little wild. Yeah. You know, and they got tired of managing things and you know, the British empire is like the only empire on earth that kind of had a soft landing from their imperial decline from fall, you know, they never had a decline because they managed it. You know, after the wars, they consciously decided we're going to take a step back and and I think generations deep that ends up having a weird vibe, right? Um, but like America, in contrast, is such a catastrophe because we're not going to manage our decline. Like it, it, if it's happening now or when it comes, like oh no, the wheels are coming off. It's going to be actively. It's going to be so much more catastrophic. Which you know, may, which maybe in the future means we'll make a similar compromise. Like maybe that's what human development eventually resolves to. Is yeah. just the elites and the proles make an arrangement where life is kind of nice, but not much really happens. Right. Mm. And from our again, from our perspective, I think that sounds kind of like sad and pathetic. But like, can you can you judge them? They go to the pub at four and get shit drunk and then go to work. I mean, it's fine. Everybody's having a good time. It's a di- but it's it's a different kind of good time. You know, it's not as fun. It's like. Again, like in the way that there's no extremes of temperature, yeah, of water, right? There's no extremes of jubilance or sadness, and a lot of it is just vomiting on the street. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, right. like there, there is. This is why I'm like, is this just constant cope society? Because like we, we, you know, I don't know how people manage here and not go about their day absolutely hungover. They just do it all again, right? In America, we're like, oh, no, you're just going to pay for it the next day. You're going to feel like shit, but you're still going to, like, hustle your dick off. Yeah, yeah. 
You're like, oh, you're hungover today? Oh, I'm so sorry. You have 40 cases that you have to unpack today. Figure yeah, it out. I mean, that that kind of recursion just feels like limbo, whereas, like, I like the heaven and hell feeling that the States has. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'll be and I'll be curious to see in contrast like what France is like, you know, because they made a similar arrangement. But I also feel like the French know how to live. Oh, yeah. I feel like the British are a matrix of shame that really bogs down the vibe in a way. Well, this is the I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they go to pubs here and drink beer in France. They're like, oh, no, we drink wine. We're yeah. not fucking hogs. I think I lean French, but we'll see. Anyway, we're going long, but to close the episode out, we got to yeah. talk about food, man, because we've okay. had we've had a couple good experiences, and I don't want to end on the the war museum stagnation <laughs> downer. I mean, here's the thing. So you lead the food conversation because you're the food man. So I, you know, I did the oopsie. I found the places and then never made the resis until uh, you know, a couple days ago. Oops. Um. So they're all late, which I think is actually fine. I'm not mad about the late res. I still think the late res is a good idea. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Um. So night one, you have the sad food. You have your English food, and it's gross. It's fine, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Not much to say about that. Day two. Well, beautiful we, little ramen. We were hung over as hell, and we go to the ramen joint. And we, this is the thing about the weird, like, regulation status in England, is, like, we thought it was a chain. I thought it was. I... No, because it looked like it. it. Looks I mean, chain-y. the the branding yeah. of it and the interior design of the restaurant looks like a chain, but we're like, fuck it, it sounds good. We saw, actually, it beckoned us from the street because we saw a pasty old British man Slurping down eating a spicy bowl, bowl, and, I was, and like, I was like, that's the one. That sounds great. And uh, we go in there and we order the ramen, and there's three different spice levels. And we, being Americans, are like, yeah, give us three. You people don't know how to spice things. Give Come us on. the hottest. And this Japanese guy is just like, Dude, it's crazy. Are you sure? It's like crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, like, eh. and and look, you know, I'm cowardly and polite, so I'm like, okay, Fine. I'll take step two. I'll trust your recommendation, and you are steadfastly like, no, step three, hard noodles. Let's go. Let's go. And he's like, but it's like crazy. He's like, he kept saying it's but like crazy. Yeah, and, and I was his like, phrasing was like. And I was like, fine, do it your way, whatever, man. And you know what? It was a good move. It and was then balanced. Yeah. L- learning later that it wasn't a chain and this guy was like lovingly making things. You know, it was his restaurant. I, we don't know that. I, I don't know that, but you can assume that, I think. Maybe. I think it was him and his daughter working there, frankly. Um, but he just wanted us to experience the flavor. He wanted us to have a good time and not a like wild ass time which was the right thing to do and i really appreciate it and he even came back over and he was like eh, well he two. did the, he did the fun thing of like popping the head around going was i right and you're like yes shut up go yes. away he japanese grandpa us. yeah i know he did but he was right which is fine and it was super delicious like i'm actually i'm super stoked on that meal because i always like reservations and like getting a thing you know is going to be good in some capacity is right. nice but like the the things you just stumble into are always like fun it, that'll be yeah. memorable to yeah. me forever that was really good ramen and, yeah you know and it saved our asses because we were fucking hungover as hell i woke up like a mu- oh yeah by the way food wise let's talk about coffee drinks oh there's no iced coffee in this fucking country and it's trash i don't know you what order they have an iced coffee and they give you an americano and you're like excuse me and then they explain it to you as if you don't know what it is but it's like bitch i know what an americano is but i don't i want don't that. want that yeah and then you get three ice cubes in there because for some reason they have problems t- with temperature. Did I take a picture of the stupid 
Gale's coffee with the bubble lid and the thimble? I don't know because we keep getting bubble lids everywhere. <sighs> oh, yeah. Also, American fat ass sizes. Like, I'm trying to get a big gulp of coffee right now. The venti now. wasn't a venti. And the venti was a medium. It was it, barely. I was like, uh, and it was shaped like a pub glass. I was like, this is stupid. Um, well, and to be clear, at one point we went to a Starbucks specifically because we were like, it's Starbucks. They'll just have the normal Starbucks stuff. They don't have coffee. They only have espresso drinks. Insane to me. <laughs> Insane to me. Anywho. Yeah, we've been having trouble. We're gonna ha- That's going to continue on the continent, too. They only have espresso here. I don't know what, what their problem is. but I mean, I I will expect that in in, in en français. But listen, London, you're New York over here. Come on, get it together. I know. America- How do people not like have pep in your step? Get America it together. Junior, yeah. Um, Tandoor Chop House. Oh, say. ooh, baby, amazing. We went to some like sort of upscale Indian fusion ish. Yeah. Restaurant. I would describe it as it's that because it, it yeah. was you know there, if there's a ribeye on the menu at a Indian right. place, and the puri bhaji was actually just onion rings with flavor. Mm-hmm. Um. That was on the restaurant wish list, and I was like, "All right, let's, easy can get in. Great." It was absolutely incredible. Can highly recommend the uh, tandoor chicken, the classic chicken. Uh, the black doll was incredible. I'm learning that the vegetarian the things options here are, really are actually here, yeah. really good. Yeah, I think a lot of people are veg here. Well, I think that's a consequence of the Indian population because in Hinduism, many of right, them are yeah. automatically vegetarian. Right. Um, and maybe that's true of the white Brits too. I don't know, but also maybe it's because they don't really cook their meat enough, so people don't like it. Yeah, that duck, the duck was the house special. I was like, great, it's duck. It's gonna be great. I was like, gamey, undercooked. What are we doing? What? I was like, okay, great. The chicken is the move. Great. That's insane to me to even say it out loud. That's never the move. Um. But the no. chicken, the onion rings, the turmeric hummus, the black doll. I mean, you know. The veg shit was great. It was yeah. four out of five. And the duck was good, too. But again, it's just the undercooking and the fact that things don't come out of the kitchen flaming hot. hot. Yeah. They come out a little bit warm. Yeah, it's not great. Um, well, but it, it impacts a rare meat big time. I think they just like that texture. I think they do, too. But it's weird. It's like Everything I, has the same texture here, and it's kind of mushy. I don't want my meat to be jello. You know what I mean? If it's going to be rare, it should be hot. Mm-hmm. Like a rare steak at Peter Luger is still fucking hot. Yes, it should be. And it, it has char on it and flavor because pepper was used. This is what I'm talking about, man. It's called dynamism. Your, <sighs> your waiter's being underpaid, so he runs that shit to your table so his manager doesn't chop his head off yeah. at the end of his shift. That's how you get a rare thing that's hot. Yeah, it's great. Um, In a society where you're being paid $40 an hour at a job you can't lose, you might let it sit on the counter for too long. Yeah, America, fuck yeah. Sorry. Uh, When it comes to food service, because we tried to go to Nando's today. And, okay, I looked to my right, I looked to my left. Tables at plenty. There's a queue. Queue doesn't move for three minutes. And then this... French family or Spanish family comes up and bowls through and I'm like, I'm not waiting. Yeah. I'm not waiting and I'm not letting them cut me, but I also feel weird because like 
reestablishing your place in line is hard to do. And then it's just like, listen, I, I, I'm not waiting and this is illogical. Like, figure it out. You could seat everybody. Yeah. You could turn all of these tables right now. Seat them, get their money, and fucking leave. This is why, like, my friend around the corner, he's like, you can take their money faster. Great. And you don't have to do anything. He's like, get them out. Take their money and go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for the record, we tried to go to Nando's. I'm fine not doing it. I'm fine not doing it at this point, too, because I'm like, oh, boy. What a shit show. Yeah. Um, But anyway, yeah. And then, you know, St. John. Oh, St. John was a delight. Classic English fair. Not classic, like upgraded. Upgraded. Like they farm it from the countryside. Again, the birds are all like, eh, we might have some buckshot on it. Because they'll shoot a pigeon for you. Mm -hmm. Like... 15 year old restaurant you know like you know it reminds me interior wise i was like oh this is dean deluca vibes when it was in its heyday you know yeah yeah um but like with much better food um well and the way they seasoned the food was great because the negative part of our initial pub experience it's not like we went to a great place or whatever but when you're getting like fish and chips who cares you know it's just that things are kind of bland here but what i really appreciated about saint john was that Oh no, it's not bland, it's just subtle. Like yeah. things are salted very specifically. Right. You know, like it's not very extravagant. It's actually interesting having Indian one night and then more classic British fare the next night because you're like wow, if that's not a demonstration of contrast where like everything has 25 spices in it and then the next night everything just has salt on it, but it still has a depth Okay. And we're back. I unplugged the Zoom. Oops. Uh, The thing about St. John is that, like, I think everything had about five, like, whatever ingredient was listed on the thing was what was in it. You know, like, whatever flavor, like, the pickled thing, the herring, not herring. Uh, Are you talking about the smoked mackerel salad with the pickled stuff? Oh, so good. Perfectly balanced in a way that I was like, oh, everything is considered and it is what it is and you're getting it and it's delightful. Like having like quick pickle uh, cauliflower, white bean and leek cold, like that brightened like my energy level and was like, oh, we're ready. Yeah. And then you have your like chicken liver schmear. Like, like you're slowly building. Like, I don't know. I think I surprised the guy when I was like, this wine. He's like, oh, what? I'm like, hi, American knows something a little bit. And then I undid it by ordering the trash rosé at the end. But, you know, I got him on our, on our side a little bit. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's like, oh, what? I'm like, uh-huh. Um, yeah, like, you know, the sardines, it's just like oil, salt, and pepper. Uh, there just- was some... But it was just well grilled and you know well cooked. The uh, the chicken liver toast with the wild oh, mushrooms so that was a real highlight. That was one of the best things I, I could think have we had, had three the of whole those. trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like the roast Dexter, again under underdone. But well, I think it's done appropriately for the style. It's just I don't think I we prefer don't like that. that frankly, no. no, we don't like mush. But like what I thought was interesting, like. I think what that was was more like conceptual food. Yeah. On like, you know, the high, it's medium level, but it, it's high end conceptually where you're like, oh, the beets taste more like meat 
than the meat. Mm-hmm. Oh, like and like that's an interesting kind of play. Like I don't know. Like and I think even like the grilled sardines are like an exercise in like being a little uncomfortable. For sure. I mean, you know, we had this at the very Indian oily place and, yeah. too, where the dal was like the most substantial part of the meal. Even though the tandoori chicken and the duck are good, um, you're getting all of your like savory sustenance from the veggie component, right? Yeah. Um, Even in the chicken liver toast dish, it was like I felt like the mushrooms were the star, but right. the liver acts as like kind of a, a supplement to almost. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the mushrooms taste like charred bits of meat Mm -hmm. um and And then our dessert was incredible the eccles pie with cheese dude i wanted another one i know i wanted another one too it paired really well with the dessert wine that i was having it was so good i again very simple tiny portions but i don't feel crazy I think the thing we missed out on in our London journey was the pastries and desserts. I think we yeah. should have hit that a lot harder the whole time because I think they do that really well. Better, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm never going to lean into sweet. I want to see what they do with the... Again, culinary history starts in these places, right? Right. So, like, show me what you got. I'd rather deal with patisserie in right. the land because then I'm like, oh, you better fuck better not fuck this shit up well the thing that took me off guard with the saint john's dessert was that it was not that sweet oh no it was pretty yeah currants and pastry and cheese is like a pretty savory dessert for the most part it was a really like salty dessert yeah oh yeah it's great oh that was good i mean that ginger cake the lady next to me had i was like fat american to me was like i want that well i couldn't believe that that's what it was because it was covered in like a brown sauce i guess which was the butterscotch sauce but it looked like a brownie yeah. it was so decadent i think we missed not ordering the bread to like because mm-hmm. we could have sobbed up that gravy from that well rabbit. the bread and yeah. the potatoes we needed that kind of element to it i could on a hungover day i was like i need some vegetables please i need the cauliflower and the salad like just to feel alive like a human a little yeah. bit yeah because Even, right now i just feel like the michelin man i mean my gut right now is um yeah but like even having like butter lettuce well dressed again three things oil lemon juice chives right perfect so good yeah um again a, a thing that like people like you know we, we said this to Cat. oh we're going to st john's tomorrow just like that's the best place yeah and i'm like you know if that's your best i kind of go huh interesting um it was very good but i would if someone you know you go to new york and someone's like the best place is smith and walensky or something like that you're like "Eh, is it like i I, I can't believe that it's the best in a sense but right i think it's just ingredient quality is just the best yeah yeah and again, it's a good sign when they have a bottle of wine that I drink on the reg that I love. I'm like, oh, it's up on the great. Oh, you do takeaway? Give me, give me, give me that, give me give that right that. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, they're like, oh, you know? I'm like, yeah, shut up, give me the fucking <laughs> bottle. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, I think they're just shocked when they're like, ooh, a cab franc. Interesting, because Americans probably just roll in and they're like, I'll have a cabernet sauvignon. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Ugh. I mean, the people to our left were like trashy Brits. 
I think there was a lot of trashy Brits in there. There was a guy that I think was uh, used to be in prison. What? He had knuckle tattoos that said homeward, and he was dining by himself. And he just got like one dish and a dessert. And he had That's neck weird. tattoos. Huh. I was like, yeah. Oh, the guy in the back. Yeah, yeah. You know. They appreciate good food, but I think that's like the homespun British thing of like, uh, you know, I want some goddamn cottage mush. Yeah. So I come to the nice place by myself. I guess. You know. Mm. Lots of young people in there too, you know. Even the young people, I was like, you're a little trashy. Guy stepped out for a ciggy during one Yeah, time, yeah, yeah. A and bunch I was of like, people Oof. were doing that. I was like, oh, like, I'll wait. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean... The the pacing could have been picked up, I have to say. The pa- no one knows how to pace it. I get that they're trying to do like a, a nice experience for you, but like let's cut the wait time between courses down by about five minutes each. Uh yeah. I could have lived with that. It was a two hour dinner. Yeah. I could have done an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. It also maybe, you know, we gotta keep this in mind going forward. Maybe on the rest day it's better to do something a little more casual. So right. that you can get in and get out. Because I'm like, I'm hungover right now, still. What? And I and I either need to just go to the pub and drink this off, or go back to the Airbnb and take a nap. Right. You know? I'm not in the mood to like have a pleasant conversation. You and I were just like sitting there silently between courses. Like, we can't really look at our phones. Yeah. we don't have service. I had service, but I was also like, I don't want to be the American on the phone. Yeah, and you don't want to be the American on the phone, but also like, I don't know. I'm not excited anymore. I'm ready. I'm ready to go to Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing. It's like, it's like this would be really great if it was like time to unpack, but time to unpack mentally. But yeah. it's like, I'm not prepared. We're doing it now. Like, yeah, yeah not yeah. mentally prepared to do that over meal. I just want food to keep coming. Yeah, exactly. I want to eat it all and be like, that was great. 45 minutes later. Tandoori Chop House was that. They're like, yeah, get in, get out. Yeah, get yeah, the fuck yeah. Out. Uh, we were also just still riding the wave of like, go to the pub, eat dinner, go to the pub again. Like, uh, This is why I kind of like pub thing. You can lightly drink or heavily drink, but you can drink heavily, but you're not shwasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, eh, we could do it again, right? Right. I don't know. America, we're like, as again, as quick and as fast as you can get me fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like we're gonna have a late dinner and then we're gonna go drink. That's the way that it goes. Yeah. I very rarely like pre-drink. I like a and pre-drink. Then have dinner and then drink again. I feel like the pre-drink is actually kind of nice. No, it is not. It's nice. I'm not. I'm not knocking it, but also, chiefing cigs is kind of a problem. Yeah, but that's true too. When in Rome. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I think we should just do that right now. Yeah, we ready? Yeah, let's go. All right, wrap it up. All right, talk to you in Brussels. Bye-bye.